Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We ended last week's broadcast by saying that sometimes one of the partners in a hurtful relationship is not willing to change. The partner continues to do hurtful things, or sometimes a spouse may have betrayed a trust or had an affair, and even though he or she has repented, not enough time has passed for the spouse to prove themselves trustworthy. In these situations, trust may not be wise, but it is prudent to continue to interact in the relationship and to work the problem out. In such instances, one partner might have to follow the advice of Proverbs 4.23 to avoid further injury. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Guarding one's heart might include saying the following, I love you, but I don't trust you. I can't be that close until we work this out. When you can be kind, we can be close again. When you show you are serious about getting some help, I will feel safe enough to open up to you again. I can't share deep feelings if you are going to punish me for them. In these instances, the couple has a commitment to work on things along with the wisdom to guard the heart with some emotional distance until it is safe and prudent to move closer. This prevents further hurt and deterioration of the relationship. Doctors Cloud and Townsend have a very important caution for us here. You must take this stance only with a pure heart. Impure hearts use boundaries to act out feelings such as revenge and anger. And because none of us is pure, We have to search our motives for establishing boundaries to make sure that they serve love and not our impure, selfish motives. Using distance or withdrawal of love, for example, to punish the other is a sign that we are setting boundaries not to resolve the conflict, but to get revenge. Sometimes when all else fails, people must get away from each other until the hurt can stop. Distance can provide time to protect, time to think, time to heal, and time to learn new things. In severe cases, protective distance can be minimal or more significant, such as removing oneself from an argument or heated situation, taking some time away from one another to sort things out, moving out to get treatment for an addiction, separating from physical abuse or substance abuse, moving into a shelter to protect the children, These boundaries protect the marriage and the spouse from further harm. As Proverbs 27.12 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Physical distance at times provides space for healing as well as safety to preserve partners and the marriage itself. Although usually a last resort, it is sometimes the thing that saves. Sometimes other people can help us, and here are some possible ways. You can use a third party to help you resolve conflict. You can use a third party to help you protect and support yourself. You can use a group for healing and strengthening. Use others to teach you boundaries. Use counselors, friends, or pastors to provide the safe place to work on difficult issues. Use shelters in extreme situations. 
Make sure, however, that other people are helping and not hurting. Other people may be unhelpful if they help you hide from conflict instead of trying to resolve it. Time is another boundary that structures difficulties in relationships. Some people need time to work out a conflict or to limit the conflict itself. Give yourself an allotted time to talk about certain things. We will discuss our budget for one hour and then we will leave it alone until next week. Or set a certain time to work on a particular issue instead of discussing it in the heat of the moment. You know, this is where I get on one of my little personal soapboxes. I encourage couples to meet once a week on the same day and at the same time if possible so they can check in with each other and to share with each other how they see the relationship and how things are going. And if they have any issues, they can bring them up then. The reason they're meeting is not because they have an issue, but because this is the way they have chosen to do life. Also, this usually gives some time for the emotions to settle down some. Remember, until the emotions of the situation are dealt with, the facts don't matter. Establish seasons for certain goals. This summer we will work on our communication, and in the fall we'll work on our sexual difficulties. Just as the physical world has different kinds of boundaries, the interpersonal world has different ones as well. Just as sometimes a fence is appropriate and a door is not, sometimes confrontation and truth are important and physical distance is not. We're going to talk more about this in later broadcasts. Doctors Cloud and Townsend tell a story about a couple, Stephanie and Steve, that I want to share. They were having some problems, but not what would be thought of as real serious ones. She was suffering, however, from the emotional distance that being on the wrong end of a one-sided relationship creates. In some ways, her story is more revealing of the need for good boundaries in a marriage. She was unhappy in the face of no overt problems. This can sometimes be the worst kind of misery. Their story has a good ending, and it incorporates all the principles we've talked about so far. Stephanie first figured out where she ended and where Steve began. When she did, she found that there was really very little of her at all in the marriage. She had adapted to Steve and had complied with his wishes so much that she barely existed at all. She could no longer even remember what it felt like to be herself. Her desires for school and some meaningful work of her own were long forgotten as he pressured her to continue to go on as they were, and she had given in over and over until she lost herself. When she thought about what was hers and what was his, she realized that she could not blame him for her loss of herself. She was the one who had complied with his wishes. She was the one who was afraid of conflict and so chose to adapt to what he wanted. She had to take ownership of her passivity. At this point in her journey, Stephanie made a very mature decision. She took responsibility for her own misery and began to work on it in the relationship. Instead of doing what many compliant people do when they wake up and find themselves lost, she didn't leave the relationship to find herself. Many times a marriage will break up as the passive spouse decides she wants to have a life of her own, and she leaves. Sometimes she may even call this move getting some boundaries, 
but nothing could be further from the truth. Boundaries are only built and established in the context of relationship. To run from a relationship as the first step of boundaries is not to have boundaries at all. It is a defense against developing boundaries with another person. The only place boundaries are real is within relationship. Stephanie did not run. She took ownership of all of her feelings, attitudes, desires, and choices, and then she took them to Steve. And they had lots of conflict at first, but in the end, he grew as well. Steve found out that life was not just about him, and that if he continued to live that way, he was going to lose some things very important to him, like closeness with Stephanie. As she took responsibility for her life, he was forced to take responsibility for his own, and the marriage improved. They both owned their sides of the equation. Stephanie saw that she was free from Steve and that the slavery she had always felt was coming from inside of her. She expressed her feelings and opinions more. She would not just give in to Steve's desires immediately. And when he did not hear her, she let him know. And Steve learned to love her freedom and relish it. He began to feel attracted to her independence instead of threatened by it. As they did these things, love grew. And they grew as individuals as well. But it had all started with Stephanie doing some serious boundary work defining herself, taking ownership and responsibility for what was hers, realizing her freedom, making some choices, doing the hard work of change in relationship and not away from it, and learning to love instead of comply. Stephanie's relationship with Steve grew more and more intimate. They learned how to be separate people who were free to love each other. The missing ingredient all along had been a deep sense of intimacy something the Bible refers to as knowing someone. But without clear boundaries, they could not know each other, and without knowing each other, they could not truly love each other. As they each became more defined, they became two people who could love and be loved. They began to know and enjoy one another. They began to grow. And this is what I want for you as we continue our study of boundaries in marriage. I want you to become better defined, more free and responsible, and more in a position to love and be loved. This is the high calling God created marriage to be. Well, next week we're going to begin looking at applying the 10 laws of boundaries to marriage. These 10 laws are, one, the law of sowing and reaping. Our actions have consequences. Two, the law of responsibility. We are responsible to each other, but not for each other. Three, the law of power. We have power over some things. We don't have power over others, including changing people. The law of respect. If we wish for others to respect our boundaries, we need to respect theirs. The law of motivation. We must be free to say no before we can wholeheartedly say yes. Six, the law of evaluation. We need to evaluate the pain our boundaries cause others. Seven, the law of proactivity. We take action to solve problems based on our values, wants, and needs. Eight, the law of envy. We will never get what we want if we focus outside our boundaries onto what others have. Nine, the law of activity. 
We need to take the initiative in setting limits rather than be passive. And 10, the law of exposure. We need to communicate our boundaries to each other. Well, thanks for being with us this week. I look forward to having you with me next week as we uh, continue this study. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.